Welcome, everybody. This is Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth that is investing into yourself right through this channel we call business. I'm joined by Hallie Warner, my chief of staff. Hallie, good morning. Hello. I know, I said just introducing you and welcoming you every time now. It feels I know. a little more authentic that way. I guess so, but uh, we don't really talk to each other like that. When no, we, we don't, but he's just looking office. right there. It's yeah. nice. <laughs> so today, we're going to talk about our week meeting, right? You had an example of this. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really relevant for a lot of people. Totally. Leaders. So this week we were having, every Monday we have our wildly important goal meeting, which we call our wake meeting. It's the, the concept from the book, The Four Disciplines of Execution. Mm-hmm. Love that book. Um, so our wig meeting is all of our leaders from all of our company. They come in and they share what is their wildly important goal for the week. Did they accomplish their goal from last week? What's their wildly important goal for this week? And it just... One, it's accountability, but two, I think it just it um, helps us all see how all of the companies, which sometimes can see, feel very siloed, yeah. it brings everybody together and we're really able to um, kind of see where there's different connections, where people need to be talking more. Can this person help this person with their sales goal? Um, maybe somebody needs some coaching from Carrie or whatever whatever the case may be. But anyway, in that WIG meeting um, this Monday, we had such a, I thought, a great so you know the backstory of yeah. this, this individual, so share that story. But he was just a great question, I thought, that he, or comment he brought yeah. up about, about leadership. And I kind of inserted myself. One quite, one kind of side interjection of the WIG meetings, too, is we've been doing them for a while. And we actually, at one point, I was, we were looking at our calendar. And we asked if, I was like, you know, do people getting value from this? Because we always are looking at any meeting that we're ever in. And it's a 15-minute meeting. Yes, it and is. we're still yeah. trying to Yeah, trying to evaluate. get rid of it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and we actually did a poll, and everyone said, hey, this it's actually very helpful for me because it forces me to figure out what I'm going to say on Monday. It's not only, sometimes a conversation can be very helpful, like you said, but really what it's doing is forcing your people to be able to be prepared for that meeting, even if it's 10% more focused, right, on that and getting that thing done. So um, just as a side note, I think your employees will benefit from that um, if you do it right. So um, the individual that was there was basically having a um, he was in, he's leading the business, but he happened to be pulled into the business and he was dealing with something that was pulled into the business, which he chose to, um, with a client, with a client, which was fine. Uh, and he, it was very challenging, very, very challenging. And he was trying to, he made a comment like, I need to get through this so I can have somewhat kind of, uh, of a, of a team meeting that isn't all about like my own kind of head and, you know, something along those lines where it was like, he was trying to prepare for a team meeting there's leading a lot of people yet he was so sucked into this that he couldn't get himself out of that to actually prepare for the team meeting. So what I said to him is I said, I listened. And then I said, understand that leadership is about being able to move from one thing to the next without bringing or lingering thoughts about the other thing that you just dealt with into the next conversation or, or, or energy or energy. Yeah. Lingering energy, lingering thoughts or traces of thoughts. Cause as they come into the next moment, you're no longer approaching that moment of neutrality and you can't serve the people that are in front of you. And the, also, mo- the most important right, yeah. thing to say is I, I said, look, understand that your team in there doesn't give a shit that you're going through this right now. Yeah, they've got their own problems. They got their own problems. And so if you try to bring in your problems over there into this conversation, or it's even clouding your ability to lead them, you're not doing your service. So this is why when you're, if it's not happening outside, it's not happening inside. And so that's the mantra that's always in, in my head. And then we try to teach it to everybody in our company that, and for him, it wasn't happening right then. Yes, we're going to deal with it. In fact, we actually did deal with it, but, um, and it got done just like it always does folks, right? Like no matter what your mind tries to tell you that it's not going to happen, how bad something's going to get, you always figure it out. You just do, right? If you didn't, you wouldn't be here listening. So, um, 
so the, the point was, is he was really struggling trying to bring in there. So we, we created a plan, right. For what that needed to do. And, and ultimately he did, I said, you need to go work on meditate, run, do something, let this go, right. Let the personal side of this event happening, not pull you down. So you, cause the team was rolling, like they were on fire. They're doing great things. And I said, if you bring that negative energy or even that energy into that conversation, you're going to be pulling the team down and you're not doing your job. And then I reminded him of like, understand that this is part of your leadership journey that you have to actually, if you want to advance into another aspect of leadership, you have to be able to deal with this. And I give the example of, of, you know, in my day, I may go from an amazing conversation with somebody to instantly going into the next conversation where there's a dramatic problem to back to a medium problem, back to an amazing conversation, back to a major issue. And that's my day. And so if you can't compartmentalize, which is the word that I used uh, earlier for, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Allie had that and I didn't agree with it, but it was. Yeah, but, but I think that's what it is. Yes. I mean, you really do. And, and I think there's some negative connotations with that word compartmentalize. I think I, I think I actually grabbed the definition just so that we could see in um, in psychology, compartmentalization is defined as a defense mechanism where someone suppresses their thoughts and emotions. It's not always done consciously, but this can often justify or defend a person's level of engagement in certain behaviors. I actually think in the context of leadership, it's a it's actually like an offensive move, not a defense yes. defense mechanism. You're not trying to hide, you know, th- there's a challenge or whatever, but it's not that person's problem. Exactly. Um, and... And like you said, they could be rolling. Mm-hmm. And why do you want to bring that mm-hmm. negative energy? In fact, I think it's a strong offensive move to be able to compartmentalize in terms of leadership. Or if you're dealing with one client, it's a problem and you have to go to another client because sure. you're in the role, like a sales role. You can't bring the problem from that client into the next client's problem because that one client, like in our world, if they're buying a house and they're so excited about, then you go to dealing with a, a seller who is having a major issue and you're then all of a sudden you go back to the buyer that's buying, you bring negativity or traces that energy into somebody who wants to be excited about buying. They're going to feel that. So all of this is this conduit for using business as an ability to grow personally. Right. And then it doesn't mean that you don't go back and de- deal with it. Yes. Deal it's with, not, not yes. even that's necessarily the issue. Sure. Like um, the example that we were just giving, he had to go back after yeah. having a great team meeting, he had to go back and deal with the negative issue and then also probably process his own feelings about it yeah. and, um, you know, shift his perspective and do all that sort of personal work, but it didn't have to happen in the context of the, yes. the business and with, with the team that he was working with at the time. One of the things I texted him um, about grounding, actually, I didn't text him. We had a conversation before the wig meeting. And what I said to him is, um, man, I just had that. And then Sorry. like grounding, just, grounding, it was something that was really important for listeners to hear. If you think of it, just, yeah, you well, know, I'll jump in. <laughs> jump in. But I think that to me, this also brings in this super interesting concept of that we are so, our company is so rooted in the belief of personal growth through the business. And yet we've talked about it all the time. We don't really have a personal relationship necessarily, or, or in the context of business, it's a professional environment. And yet we're really into this personal growth. How do you, how do you differentiate investing into people's personal growth and also not getting sucked into the personal drama of people's in employees' lives or your leaders' lives. Where's the line? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of tend to think of it as, as letting go of, of words that kind of create singularity, like friends. I kind of look at it as like key relationships, right? Like a key relationship in my life, right? Maybe a friend, it may be a business partner, right? And I just think that there, there's separation between the two is important to understand, right? You can have a tremendous, you can love your partners 
and you can love your spouse, right? You can have tremendous amount of compassion for everyone that works with you because you're interested in them as an individual and succeeding, but yet you don't need to go out there and go bike riding with them or hang out at their house or their barbecue or whatever it is. I agree with you 100% on that. That's like, to me, a very easy distinction because it's, it's just, you're here at the office and you just choose not to go out with people, other people, right? Or with, well, I think, but I think but when you're in the, how do you do that when you're in the space with them? How do you keep that line? Well, I think you start with that understanding that is a key relationship and that you're partners on things and you have a lot of compassion for them. Now, um, when it goes into maybe the actual direct conversation of when they want to talk about per things that are personal, yes. um, then, right, it depends on what that personal thing is. If the personal thing is, hey, I, I went swimming this weekend and it was great and my dog is you know, I cut its hair and that's not really, I mean, I don't want to, that's not really my conversation or is it yours? Um, however, that could be considered a personal conversation and that may work for some people, right? If they want to have that level in their, in their organization. Awesome. The other side of this is like, Hey, my spouse may be leaving me. I need some help. That's personal. Then I would go in there and say, okay, what can we do? What can we support you? Do you need some time? Do you need a counselor recommendation? Can I walk you, can I give you, an, a, you know, a, somebody to talk to that has helped me through this or whatever that case may be, right? Because now you're a leader, a key relationship has, and you have compassion for the person. You have to show that you have compassion for people, for them to be able to open up personally with you on those type of conversations. And as they open up for there, you're now helping the totality of the person. That's, I mean, somebody may classify that as being a friend. I see that as just having compassion for an individual that you're a partner with, a key relationship with, and you're helping them through a very tough issue in their life. And I would much rather have that conversation all day because we do a lot of those type of conversations, yeah. right? That could impact, and let's be honest, is impacting the Absolutely. Per- their performance at work. Yes. What they're doing over the weekend yes. or some f- random family drama, you know, this person did this and maybe isn't totally affecting their work. But if it's like a, if it's a key, their key relationship or um, a illness in the family or maybe a financial yes. challenge that is impacting their work, I agree with you hundred percent. Like those are the conversations, but how do you get someone to understand that? Well, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I never really thought about it because it never really shows up in my life. If I think about all the people that I'm around, it's because I protect you. <laughs> I know, thank you. <laughs> but I mean, all, all the people that, you know, that I come in and, and have a question about, like if somebody says, Hey, I want to talk to you about something personally, it's a deep conversation. They actually are looking for deep advice for those things. It may be partly as I just kind of walk away from the conversation. If it's um, just like I'm, kind of chatter. Yeah. I just yeah. Will naturally just remove myself from, the, I just, remo- even if it's natural chatter in a business conversation, that's mm-hmm. not going where I just naturally remove myself yeah. and I'm trying to set the stage for how other people can do this same thing sure. because they should be able to, if it's not moving things forward. Look, you know what somebody said to me the other day, they said, well, you really, what I've noticed about you is you're really good at measuring your day in minutes. And so therefore every minute that you look at what, and I, what I say to people is it's not like I'm measuring every moment of minutes when I'm supposed to be on, I'm measuring my time in minutes. So if I'm supposed to be at work, I want to be impacting everything that I can during the minutes that I'm going to be working. Right. right. And if those little conversations are derailing you from, from actually what I'm supposed to be doing, then, then they're derailing then, from what I'm supposed to be doing Yeah. versus then when I'm, when I'm done at four or 30 or whatever that case may be, I'm not measuring my, okay, kids, we have three minutes to do this. No, I'm letting it go. And I'm just being more of just hanging out and being unstructured to a certain and, extent. And I, I don't know if this is true, but I would imagine that if, the, if somebody made a random comment, uh, emailed you or you know, you saw something that like funny on Facebook, you might engage, but it's on, it's almost like it's on, in, on your free time. Yes. And you're, 
um, and you're in control of that rather than somebody imposing their yes personal issues or conversations when you are you were being purposeful and trying to get your work done. I also think it's the intent behind it. If somebody comes to you and they're always having a personal issue, mm. it's because they just want to talk about it. Mm. Whereas if somebody's coming to you and they actually want to help with this versus just create drama. I think yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference. And that's that, to me where I see the difference between a friend and like a colleague or a friend and a Friends just talk about drama. Well, uh, no, (laughs) but like they're just talking to talk, right? Or to vent or to process or because they want to share. Yes. That's not to me where, what work is for. (laughs) I laugh. I laugh a little bit because it's, 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 I've, over the years, I've just learned to just be in the conversation, even with my wife who just wants to talk and and it's not drama. It's just, she just wants to talk Sure, exactly. and I can easily tune that out, which I'd probably made a mistake by doing that previously. Probably. But like when I actually sit there and, and, and listen and then I actually become curious about it and I ask questions and we engage in a much more different conversation. We take it a little bit deeper, Right. but when you, I, I think you just need to be, but maybe that's not what, what, what work is for. Exactly. That's yeah. it's, it's, it's separating it. Is this drama or is this a real issue that we need to solve in your life because you're actually going through something, yeah. right? Like I had an individual, um, yesterday, I think emailed me and said, Hey, I need 15 minutes of time going through a real personal thing right now. So I called him up and it was a very, it was, it, he was coachable. He really wanted some advice in terms of making sure that he wasn't doing it. It was affecting his family. Um, and so then he, he got on and, and we, I just asked a couple questions and he's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. But it was, so, but there was no drama in that conversation for it. Right. Um, right. When we, in- but this goes back to originally how we started the story about yeah. how this, the, the whole topic of this came up, right. Is because compartmentalizing it is that right of not bringing drama into a, a business context conversation. Exactly. Right. It's about yes. bringing, if it's personal, but it's personal because you want a solution or it's affecting your work or it's affecting your life. Then let's talk about it. If it's personal, just to talk about drama, just to talk about it, just to talk about it. And nobody I, wants to talk yeah, about and it. I, and, I, and drama is such a negative word too, but I almost just mean like talking about their, you know, just, <laughs> I know this sounds so cold and, but just talking about their family or talking about yeah. their favorite TV show or, you know, whatever, just, talking to talk. Yeah, I, I agree. And I know that you're very on the other end of that. Um, and there, which is, which is fine. And actually that's where I actually hang out too, as well. There are moments sometimes throughout my day where I will be with certain groups of people. I agree that, too. that maybe yeah. it's, it comes up and we get into that little conversation, but instantly we switch to go, maybe it's just cause we need to be light in the mood or, or, or frankly, you know what? I'll use that as a kind of like a, a pattern interrupt, right? Mm. Where we'll be in the middle of conversation. It's getting heated or it's just not going and worse, and then I find myself wanting to argue, I'll pattern interrupt myself in the whole group so that it doesn't pull me out of being focused into the conversation, which is actually something people can use as a takeaway from this is literally, if you find yourself wanting to start arguing, do a pattern interrupt for yourself and for the group. Like it's whatever that means. A pattern interrupt could be as simple as guys, you see that mountain over there? Did you see that plane just went by right there? Yeah. It's just, everyone goes, what, where? And then it just resets the conversation for a second. Is that because you're so in tune? Actually, this goes back to the whole wig meeting too. You're yeah. just very in tune with your own energy and reading the energy of the room. Is that how you're able to kind of pick up 
on those things. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't think you need to be a, uh, you know, <laughs> I think most people can pick up on that. It's just doing yeah. it faster. Or, but, but some people like to get caught up. Get, well, that, get caught that's up the point is, is I do it. So I, cause there's that pull from you wanting to argue is strong too. Just like it's strong for everybody. I'm just doing it before I touch the pole. <laughs> I don't want to be pulled into that argument. And then once I'm pulled in there, I'm going to lose consciousness too. Meaning I'm going to be there, but I'm going to start arguing and I can do that. And I've done that in meetings before, particularly with certain groups of meetings that I have there where people are a little bit more um, opinionated and like to argue with with me and kind of debate I will naturally kind of pull myself back but I have to, I'm doing it for me as a leader first which then resets it for everybody else mm-hmm. but you but everyone knows everyone knows they have this 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 moment <laughs> right before they get sucked into it they have an option and you all know this mm-hmm. it's a very small window but the more you work on it, that window actually elaborates and becomes larger. That's working on yourself through business, right? It becomes longer for you to be able to recognize that and actually do something about it. The minute you do something about it, you can stop it. But the minute you don't do anything about it, you've lost. And now until you come back out of that, you're not going to be able to solve any problem. And the Dalai Lama in the book of joy talks about it as his sacred pause, and when he said, and cause somebody asked him, said, do you ever get frustrated? Right? Like he goes, well, of course I do. I'm, you know, the frustration is part of it. We just call it one of our emotions. And they said, well, how do you deal with it? And he, and he talks about, which I love, and I'm going to interpret it my own way a little bit. he says that it's my sacred pause. And really what he means there is that I'm allowing the energy of frustration to leave me before I respond. Mm, yeah. And that's what he means by his sacred pause. That's why we mean by letting go of it. It means taking that pause, that moment to allow the energy so it's not lingering or traced or personal to go through. Because when you get, when, when you're actually feeling frustrated, you can feel it, but don't hold on to it. That's the difference, right? Allow it to go through you, just like the Dalai Lama talks about, and then you respond. Right. And I, all I can think of when you're saying this is leadership, leadership, leadership. Yes. Like that is all that it is, is sacred pause yes. and then solve a problem and then go into a different meeting and then pausing and then exactly yeah well what happens is an event happens and it triggers something right and the event itself is triggering a frustration before you respond to the event let go with frustration and it goes on another side if you're having success and you're having a huge day, you actually have to pause because if you don't, you're going to think that money is going to be rolling in your entire life and you're going to make decisions differently than you were because you're on high nine cloud, right? And we all know that people that have on high nine cloud, yeah, I know you <laughs> like that a lot. Like, like, but people have made tons of decisions thinking that like, this is never going to end on both cases on a negative experience or a positive experience. That's you know what I was going to say? I just remember this now it's coming full circle. What I told him, I said, you need to stop treating this going back to the example of the wig meeting. I said in the meeting before I said, you need to stop treating this as a personal event. I said, you need to look at this as purely an event that you're just witnessing. And I said, that in itself will pull you out of it to be able to respond to it. And then that's what you can do. So in my kind of mind's eye, I just see that as like, wow, I got frustrated. I'm going to let it go. Now I'm going to respond to the event. And so that each interaction with the person that's next to me, I'm just treating it as an event. I'm not labeling it positive or negative. I understand one feels different than the other. If I had my choice, right? I like choices. I would much rather have more positive events. However, you don't really grow from many positive events, do you? right? You just don't, you actually grow a lot more from the ones that are there. And, and so when you're, when you're working on this and you, you know, you, you're using this opportunity to be able to compartmentalize or separate this 
remember these kind of tactics. Number one, take the sacred pause. If you can't, if you need more than a pause, maybe you need a day, right? To kind of, to, to work through that. Then uh, after you take your pause, then you can respond to it, but you've got, you've got to be able to compartmentalize this. And then secondly, you have to be aware though. The first step in all of this is just watch that window. Even if you watch the window and then get lost, man, you've made so much progress because you're able to identify that moment that you had the choice to either touch it or remove yourself from it. And if you can just start to identify that position, it'll start to grow a little bit longer, meaning that the pull won't suck you in as fast, right? So you have a little bit longer to make your decision of that sacred pause. And by doing that, it'll give you the opportunity to be able to not bring the negative energy into the next conversation or the next conversation, whether that's an amazing, don't forget, you have to do this for, if somebody comes in and gives you amazing news, you can't be on cloud nine, (laughs) then go into the other conversation being all like, Oh, everything's amazing. No, you may need to be, you just need to be neutral. That's right. It comes down to that, right? The neutrality of the whole situation. And if you can concentrate on neutrality, then you've literally, um, are adopting spirituality in the business. You've reached the end of another episode of business meets spirituality. If you like what you heard and feel inspired to do so, please leave a review. It's awesome hearing from listeners like you. And remember, never give up on joy.